So this is Student Takeover Weekend. If you're just figuring this out, you're thinking, gosh, that worship team looks really young. Yeah, <laughs> and the preacher's going to look really young here in just a little bit. So once a year, what we do is we let our students take over the entire service, and we love it. We love it. They take over the whole service, and not just the service. You know, it's so cool seeing them right here uh, picking the guitar or singing behind a mic or whatever it is, but it's not just in here. We have students behind cameras. We have students behind uh, computers. We have students in the Perk coffee shop serving coffee. We have students serving in the kids' ministry. So this weekend, they're all over serving somewhere, and we so, so appreciate them, and they completely take over, and it's a lot of fun. Um, today, you have a real treat. We have our senior high school graduate, Avery Cotto, is going to be bringing today's message to you. Um, Avery has been attending Thorn Creek for about six years. Oh, he's going to come out and let you see him now. He's been attending Thorn Creek for about six, six years, and I was doing the math. Does that mean you were here like seventh grade, something like that, or sixth grade, somewhere around there? Sixth or seventh grade? So he was at one point shorter than me, and then he just kept growing and growing and growing. That's how it usually works with all of our students and kids around here. But um, Avery is just a um, testimony of God's grace. He's a testimony of God's love and mercy. He has faced a lot of personal challenges in his life. And if you want to know a little bit about it, you can talk to him. But God has seen him through it. In fact, there's a Thorn Creek family that took him in and has been loving on him for many years now. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> loving on him for many years. Um, Pastor Nick has been mentoring him. When I say mentoring, they meet together every Wednesday, and they talk about his life and God's will and read scripture. And you know how they, he, they've been doing that for four years, every week, four years. Isn't that amazing? And here's a, a, just a surprising thing. And this was, uh, I don't know when you exactly said this, Avery, but um, one day Avery just sensed the Lord speaking to him, and he could now say, God has put a calling on his life to serve him as a youth pastor. So he's responding to this call. Isn't this cool? Thorn Creek, this is a homegrown one right here. This is a homegrown one right here. And uh, so God's called him to be a, a, a youth pastor, and we're coming alongside him and helping him in this journey. He's going to start taking classes, actually, um, pretty soon. And as of June 1... Thorn Creek Church has just hired him as our intern to student ministries. So that's where he's doing it. And he's going to continue to uh, be mentored by Pastor Nick and, uh, and others now. So I'm super excited to, to do this. So when he comes back, he's, we're, we're going to show you a video about the message. And when he comes back, I want to make sure you guys just laugh and smile, put your hands together, and just make it easy for him to preach. Just a little secret. When you talk to the preacher, the preacher preaches better. I just want you to know that. So you talk back and just enjoy it, and it'll be a lot of, a lot of fun. Uh, we're in this series called uh, Fan or Follower. 
been in it for a number of weeks. We've been looking at what does basically a real follower of Jesus Christ actually look like. And that's what we're looking at. And today the title is Tick Tock Jesus. Hello, Thorn Creek Church and Thorn Creek Church Online. It is amazing to be um, here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just want to say um, I love this church so much, and you guys are such a family to me, and you guys have just been pouring into me for so many years, and I'm just so blessed. And thank you all so much. Um, Lord, I just pray that you, um, you help me. God, you just you guide me. You're up here on the stage with me, Father. We've been working on this message together, Father. Father, be with me. Give me a clear thoughts. Give me a clear voice, Father. Allow me to preach your word, Father. I love you so much, Father. Thank you so much for just using us as the church of tomorrow, as the church of today, Father. Thank you. It's in your name, Father, that we truly do say. So, as Pastor Ruben had mentioned, we're talking about TikTok Jesus, and on top of that, it's also just Jesus, or just Jesus. And on that, if you guys don't know who t- what TikTok is, TikTok's this platform that it's for Gen Z, at least, our Facebook and our Instagram reels, where we are addicted for hours on end trying to, well, do homework. That doesn't go, ha- that doesn't happen. However, um... With that, we've, with that TikTok is just, you just swipe for 15, you watch these videos for about 15 to three minutes long, you just keep on swiping, maybe it's people dancing, maybe it's a cat video, a dog video, who knows. But, relating to this to TikTok Jesus, or just Jesus, TikTok, in the sense of it, if we have our devotional life like this, we become this fan. And we've been using these terms in our fan or follower series that a fan is an enthusiastic admirer and that a follower is a devoted disciple. And through this, we've been looking at why, how we can change our lives from a fan to a follower, what we can do really to become this follower and what a follower looks like. And with this, TikTok, as you know, as I said, was 15 to 3 minutes long. And we're talking about our devotional lives today. Because our devotional life should not be like a TikTok account. It should not be 15, 3 minutes long. Because when we have it 15 to 3 seconds to 3 minutes long, it doesn't last long. It doesn't go great. While a follower, if they're going to have their devotional time for as long as they feel that they need to. As long as they can have it for. Um, when I was in eighth grade, I had a leopard gecko, and um, well, <laughs> leopard geckos like to eat crickets, and with that, crickets also are like guinea pigs, and they like to roam around the house, and I didn't know how they were getting out of the cage, so when I, was, when I was finally paying attention that, oh, there's a cricket right next to me, that's cool, how'd that get there? Well, when I realized that the crickets were coming from the cage, I was trying to inspect the cage, looking at it, I was like, okay, well... Where is it coming from? And I couldn't find anything. And I really was struggling with that because, well, the crickets had their cage. I couldn't find a way that they were even getting out. And the leopard gecko had its own cage as well. And in that, I was able to really put attention toward the, uh, the, well, once I was able to start putting more attention to it without getting yelled at for finding the crickets and the crickets roaming the house, 
Well, I had to um, figure out, well, okay, how can I, what's the best solution to do this? How, what's the best solution for me to really put the, um, my issue that's going out of control and my issue that's kind of not out of control, which is the leopard gecko cage and the cricket cage? Well, in the sense of it, when we don't treat our devotional life and our relationship with God, it seems to kind of get out of control. It seems that we just really, well, a fan at least, their devotional life can get out of control and it becomes crazy and wild and they just can't get it back together. See, a follower, they know God and they know him by his word each day because they tend to this relationship they make sure that the crickets are in their cage, and they make sure that the leopard gecko is in the cage as well. Well, a fan, they really don't care. They don't care where their devotional time goes. As long as they're saying that they have that devotional time, they don't really care where it goes. See, a follower prioritizes God, and a fan, they fail to find God as a priority. And as I was coming through with this message, I was finding in Psalm um, 63, David was really exemplifying what a good way of a, what a good look of a follower is, and really what it means to have a devotional life like a follower. A Psalm of David regarding a time when David was in the wilderness of Judah. O oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your glory and power, your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you as songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Oh, that's such a beautiful psalm. David's just a, he's such a wonderful poet. I kind of am jealous of him. I want to be like that. But, um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, but David's, he, he, in this psalm, he's just talking about how he hungers for God, how he wants to know God, how he thirsts for God. That is the faller. They want to know more about God. They want to exercise their faith even farther than they, what they know. They, they really want to know who God is. They want to have this intimate relationship with God. See, reading scriptures and praying to God are ways to have intimacy with God. And, and those should be priorities of, having, of knowing how to have this relationship with God. See, because when you read the scriptures, well, when you read the scriptures, you understand them. You have a greater sense of who God is through them. You have a greater sense of, well, here's what this says, and here's what this says, and I just get to know God better because of this. And prayer can be said for, well, intentionally spending time with God, it, it just pleases God. It's a sign of where your heart is with the Lord because your prayer ultimately is just your heart pouring out to God and being like, God, I just want to know you. God, I just need to know you. So with that, spending time with God is this, it's this discipline. It's this 
focus of understanding, well, how can I really put time toward God? And in this, learning how to carve out time where you are free from distractions, it's, it's hard to find as you're at work or you're at church or you're at home. However, the thing is, we take time to know our family. We take time to know our spouse, our friends, our family. We take time to really know them. But do we take time to know God? Do we take time to know who Jesus is and what he did? See, because we're constantly building this relationship with our family, with our friends, and it takes that consistency to build that relationship with God. It, takes ju- it just takes application in our lives to build an intimate bond with him that will go on for eternity. Um, as I was coming up with this message, I was figuring out that there were four different ways, really. Um, there were four different steps, essentially, that spoke to me. But the Lord just spoke to me, and I was just like, you know what? These make sense. These, <laughs> these make sense. Um, these, are just, these were just four points that I was coming up with, and all four of these points I found within the book of Daniel. And I found that they were all just great points that really um, lead straight to the point of my message, the point of what God is trying to preach. Um, to begin with, we're going to be going through Daniel 6 today. However, I want to begin with Daniel 1. From this, Daniel had been ripped away from his home. He's been forced under subjugation, and he's been forced to really undergo the uh, Persian cultures. However, he didn't really heed to them. Because it says in Daniel uh, verse one, or chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. In this, he, he didn't submit to the food that the Persians were trying to make him eat. He didn't submit to what they were trying to make him do. And the reason being is because in the Persian culture and in the Babylonian culture, essentially all this food was being sacrificed to other gods. It was defiling um, Daniel's relationship with God. And so he prioritized God. His number one thing was priority. His first step was priority. Daniel had God as his priority in his heart, and he made sure that his number one was what God's will was. And in this, Daniel prioritized his relationship with God. And going into chapter six, Daniel, um, we, we get into the first, we get into the third king of Daniel, which is King Darius the Mede. And through this, beforehand, we had King um, Nebuchadnezzar and King Belshazzar, and they were both Babylonian kings. Now, the Persian Empire has come and taken over the um, Persian culture. Well, or the ba- Persian Babylonian. Jesus help me. <laughs> um, anyway, so the Persian, so in this, King Darius hears about how Daniel has been, he's been a prophet through the reign of um, King Belshazzar and King Nebuchadnezzar, and he's been guiding them and helping them. However, for King Darius to be doing this was, un, was really uncommon because any, in this time, any political or royal enemy who had existed in the kingdom beforehand, they would have been killed and imprisoned. They would not have been up to the standard that Daniel was put at in his time. Beginning in Daniel 6, 
Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces. He appointed a high officer to rule over each province. Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interest. Daniel soon provide, uh, proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. I find that so powerful how they just, they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him, but the only thing that they found as his weak spot, as his weak spot, was his religion, was his relationship with God. And really it just points to this holy follower that is Daniel. He just he emanates the presence of God because he really was trying to be devoted. He was trying to be this follower. He was trying to prioritize God in his life in every single way possible. And continuing on, so the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown to the den of lions. And now your majesty, issue and sign this law so that it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. What's really interesting is Daniel had, um, he had enemies at work. He had these people who really hated him. And the reason they hated him was because he was Jewish. He was not of Persian descent. He was not even of Babylonian descent, but he was a captive. And they thought how unfair it is to have this captive, this Jewish person, be ahead of all of us, be in second command, basically, and just... Why is nobody else who's Persian or Babylonian at least in second command except for the king? They thought that that was unfair. They were envious of him because he was favored by the king because he should have died. See, Daniel was a follower because in this, even though in his hate and even though, in his, um, even though when people hated him and even though people disagreed of him, they... They tried, a, they tried attacking his Achilles heel. Their plan was to see where, where Daniel's loyalty would, um, where Daniel would swear his loyalty and allegiance to, whether it would be to his government or be to God. And in this, Daniel stayed a follower. He was a follower at work. He was a follower at home. He was a follower in the way that he walked with God. His assurance of who God is is whom he was. And see, Daniel had this mentality of a follower because he still respected the people he worked with. He still treated them good and favorable. And continuing on to Daniel, um, verse 10, 
But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. With its, shut, with its windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. The second point that I wanted to make was intentionality. See, because Daniel, he knew his, he knew his answer. He knew his answer was prayer with, and talking just to who, just talking to God. He knew, he knew who he needed to go to. He knew his answer. See, it was his natural response with his relationship with God. And in this, he thanks God. He, he intentionally opens these windows. He thanks God, and he asks God for his situation. What's the answer? What should I do? And in this, he continues with um, how other... Um, he continues with what others, he doesn't really worry about what others would think of him. He doesn't worry about what others might say. He wasn't afraid of dying. He wasn't afraid of being caught, really, because he knew that because of his insurance and his loyalty and his priority to God, he wasn't afraid of really getting caught because God was in control of the situation. And through this, um, and through this, um, he was being intentional in his prayer. He knew what was needed, and he knew that even though there was outside forces and he could have gotten in trouble, he could have just died. See, what's really interesting is the fan and the follower in the situation, they're two completely opposites because the follower was Daniel, and follower opened the windows. He was, obe- they were, he was obedient to God, and he said, you know what, I don't care if I get caught. I don't care if anybody kills me for this, because I believe in God and I want to pray to him. I want to swear my allegiance to God. While the fan, they might, have, they might have hid in their closet and they might have even ran away to not go pray. They might have ran to their home, freaked out, and just not gone prayed because they knew that if they got caught, they were dead. And that was the fan and the follower and the difference of this is because the fan wasn't going to prioritize God. They weren't going to be intentional with God. But the follower was going to prioritize and be intentional and make sure that God was their answer. God was the way for them to really be saved. Continuing on, so they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied. That decision stands. It is, still an, it is an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, that man, Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. I think that's so cool how, God, how Daniel just, he, how his follow, how his, his enemy coworkers, how these officials, how these administrators, these governors, they knew Daniel's prayer schedule. It was so, it's kind of cool because in that, they knew Daniel was this devoted guy. In this, they knew who Daniel was. He had consistency. 
He prayed three times a day because he was able to sustain his spiritual body. He wanted to pray three times a day as we eat three times a day because he knew that keeping up his spiritual body was the most important thing to him. He didn't care about this earthly body, this physical body, because he knew that would perish. He knew his spiritual body, he knew his relationship with God was far more important than anything else in his life. See, consistency in this, it looks maybe every day, maybe three minutes to some. Maybe it looks like 10, 15, 20, 30, a whole hour, but it's at least every day. And a fan, here's the thing is, a fan will find prayer and reading as inconvenient. They'll find, they'll recognize the importance of the religion, but they don't turn the religion into a relationship because they only pray and read when it's convenient for them. And sometimes a fan might not even pray and read. They might be at church, they might be on their phone, they might be barely listening, and they might be here at church once a week. They're just like, all right, I'm gonna get my phone. Look at TikTok. So that is what the fan will do. Well, the follower, they're gonna be praying and reading every single day because they know that's how they sustain their relationship with God. They know that's how they sustain their spirit. They know that's who they are. That's who they're made to be because we are made as spiritual beings. Our earthly bodies do not matter. See, a fan will get stuck at a consistency. They'll get stuck at the level of consistency um, every day. Whether, and it'll be quick and it will not be a priority. And for them, and for them, they get lost and they're eventually faced as to whether they really wanna pray every single day or read every single day. And for them, that also might look just like reading, barely reading the Bible verse of the day. Just like that one verse and they're like, you know what, that was good enough for me. Or they'll give that single prayer like, dear Lord, good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. And that's, my, what, that, that's what, what they might do. They might just pray during dinner to impress, their parent, to impress the people around them, and that might be it. However, a follower, they make, sure to, they make sure to make time for God. They make sure to pray every moment that they can. They pray without ceasing. See, because they understand how prayer is just this important conversation. It's this conversation with God. It's like, God, I need help with this. God, I need help with that. God... Help me in this situation. I need you, God. And I'm going to say this, because not every single time you read and not every single time you pray is it going to be this hill, this high-top valley that you're going to be at. Sometimes it's just going to be kind of dreading. Sometimes it'll just be what it is. You might not learn anything from it, but the most important thing is that your prayer can go to someone else. Your reading can help someone else in their day whether it's your coworker, whether it's your friend, whether it's a family member who's just struggling, you're like, you put two and two together, you're like, you know what, this verse, it connects to what my friend is going through, it connects to what my parents are going through, it connects to this and that and the other thing, or praying for others, because praying to others is just the most important thing too, because we all need prayer too. So, going back into Daniel, hearing this, King was deeply troubled, and he, think, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, your majesty, 
You know, according to the law of the, of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king's signs can be changed. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown to the den of lions. The king said to him, may your God whom you serve so faithfully rescue you. A fan, they can admire, they can admire the uh, follower's faith. They can admire what the follower does, but they'll never really apply it in their own lives. They don't really have the intentional heart to want to do that. They'll be like, that's great and all, but I'm going to keep to the way I'm doing. I'm going to keep to what I'm going through. That's great and all, but you know what? I kind of like keeping this part of my life really separate from what everything else is going on. They're, the follower has their own agenda and not God's agenda. The fo- oh, sorry, the fan has their own agenda and not God's agenda, but the follower has God's agenda in their heart. They learn how to make their, God's agenda part of their agenda. They learn how to be humble with themselves. Because in that, when we learn how to change our priorities, when we learn how to really make our priorities God's, we can change that mantle, that, that sticker that says fan, and we can put the follower sticker over it. We can change the mantle that says, you know what, I was a self-centered Christian, but now I'm the selfless Christian, and that's who I'm gonna be. And sometimes that, all that comes from is just reading every day and praying every day, because for me personally, I, um, I started reading Every single day, um, I started reading every single day just because I was curious about the Bible. I was like, you know what? This is interesting. And as I got deeper and deeper, my relationship with Christ grew, and I wasn't truly intending that, but that's what happened. And it's just kind of interesting and crazy how God can change something so, what you would think be meager, and make it seem so, make it grand and luxurious, because now, I'm preaching in front of you guys because I started reading every single day. I, I learned how to prioritize God in my heart and that's how I got, that's how I got here. Isn't that cool? And in that, I replaced my, fo- I replaced my fan to follower and anybody else who has that follower mentality, they can also change into a fan when they learn. They can also change into a follower when they learn those, men- when they learn their priorities. The true priorities are God's. Continuing on, a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight." And I, have not been, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. Our God is just a, he's a just God. Because our God wasn't looking at the fact of how Daniel, um, how Daniel disobeyed the king's orders, but he rather made, he rather followed God's orders. He didn't find who, what Daniel had done as wrong at all. He found what Daniel had done as right. 
And I find, I really like King Darius in this story because he's just, he's this interesting character because he, he has a shame and guilt in this. He, he, how can I put it? He's really, he's a friend. He's a comrade. He's a coworker of Daniel's. And he feels guilt because he put Daniel in this situation because he was being self-centered and he put Daniel in this situation. And interesting enough, his first thought was Daniel. Even though he was self-centered, his first thought was Daniel. See, Daniel, he speaks for the first time in the story, if you haven't noticed. He says, long live the king. And now to me, in two ways, that can be taken as long live the king, amen, and then long live the king to King Darius, in which is he's really just giving his point that, you know what? I still have my, my allegiance and my loyalty to you, God. I still believe, or I still believe that you are king, but you are not my priority, but you are not my first thing. You are not what I truly put my faith to. Daniel reassures Darius that his God is, is this just and righteous God. It's a God who sees right and wrong from his holy throne. See, he, he, he makes sure that God is just, has justified Daniel's actions because Daniel sacrificed his life for the, wor- for the ability to pray and worship God. And so, my last point is Intimacy. It was Daniel's intimacy with God. It was this intimacy that he had with God because he knew who God was that he really was able to go, you know what, God? If I die, I die here, but I get to go with you for eternal life. You know what? If I die here, I proved my point that God is, that you are a great God and that I loved you. See, Daniel's intimacy with God allowed him to see these angels shut the mouths of lions, shut the mouths of what God had created and shut the mouths of what God had made a fearsome and ferocious beast. Continuing on, the king was overjoyed in order that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown to the lion's den along with their wives and children. Yeah. The lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. Then King Darius sent this message to every people of every race, nation, and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. Amen. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heaven and on earth. He rescued Daniel from the power of lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. King Darius is just in awe of Daniel's God. But I'm not saying that he's a fan of God. What I'm more or less saying is he recognizes that Daniel has his God, while Darius has his gods. 
his gods are lowercase, but he doesn't see Daniel's God as this uppercase. He still sees them as this lowercase because in the Persian culture and in the Persian faith, all the gods were in this giant pantheon and they were lowercase gods. The God of the rain, the God of the soil, the God of the harvest, whatever. It was all these different types of gods. But regardless, Daniel's sacrifice, it led him to lead this greater life. It led him to really practice his faith in Jesus and in God. It led him to practice his faith in what he believed because when he prayed, he truly made sure that God was in control of the situation. He didn't want to be in control of the situation because he didn't know how to be in control of the situation. See, that time he prayed to God, that is what the follower does. They pray to God throughout their day. They make sure that they keep in his word every single day because they know that having a relationship with God is prioritizing him, which leads to consistently being in his presence, either through prayer or reading every day, allowing for this intimate relationship with God. Now, the follower's devotion time, it would look something like this. Maybe it's getting up in the morning, getting up to a quiet household, and making that time so that you, can, you and God could just talk, so that you and God could get to know one another. Maybe it's late at night when all the kids are asleep and you're making sure that, you know what, I'm well fed, I'm going to praise God. I had a harsh day at work, I'm going to give that to God. I had this time with my family, praise God. See, it's giving time to God throughout the day, whether it's in the morning, at night, in the afternoon. It's making sure that you at least praise God and thank God for everything he does in, his, in your life. See, whether it's praying in those quiet moments, that's how a follower prioritizes God. Because while they don't get sleep, they get that sweeter moment of just crying out to God praising him, worshiping him, thanking him, just getting to know him because that's the sweeter thing. As a Christian, we get to know God. We get to know our creator. We get to know who he is and what he had done because when we read this, we read of stories of faith, of promise, of loyalty. We read of stories that are so amazing and beautiful because in this, we learn the, we learn the prophecy of the son who died for us. And for me, I found that um, personally, I don't, I don't pray verbally, but I write down my prayers. Because I found for me, through trial and error, writing down my prayers is just a fun and enjoyable process, and it leads me to this greater fulfillment in my prayer time. And it's not because I have this weak faith. It's not because I have this faith. No, it's because I've learned what really allows me to get closer with God. And journaling can be seen as many things. It can be seen as writing down what this note in the Bible says. Well, oh my goodness, I got to write this down because this was so powerful. It's writing down what was said in the message. It was just writing down your prayers. It's maybe writing down who these people are and what their prayers need to be. I enjoy journaling. <laughs> but it's, spending, it's finding your own ways to spend time with God. It's finding different ways to spend time with God because when you find different ways that really a lot for who you are and what you find comfortable with time of God, 
It allows for more time of God. It allows for more time of getting to know who he is. It allows for more time just in his presence. See, it's just trying to figure out how, to, how, how you can apply God in your life. A follower in their own ways of devotional time, whether it's praying or reading or journaling, they spend intentional time with him. They make sure to know God. They make sure to worship him and love on him every single day for what they read and for what they go, for what they say. See, time with God is important. Just because we, just because it says in the Bible how Jesus would get up early in the morning and spend time with God, that's important. But why? Because it keeps our keeps ourselves as selfish beings selfless because when we read the Bible when we spend time with God we are giving our time to him just as we would give our finances and anything else we give our time to him we make sure that we get to know who he is and in that it keeps us away from this temptation it reminds us of his blessings in our lives it reminds us of his presence and who he is because when we remember what that presence feels like we can go God is in this place See, God wants that time with us. It's not because he wants to learn who we are. It's not because he wants to learn who we are. He already knows every single hair we have on our head. He knows our whole heart. He just wants to see that heart for him. He wants to see our whole heart for him. And so when the fan decides that this time with God is unimportant, they, it leads to the spiritual sickness it leads to them being more tempted to want to sin in their lives and more tempted to want to really not do well in their lives, in their spiritual lives, not want to have this relationship with God. Because even though it may sound like spending time with God is cliche, it's recognizing his love for us in our lives. It's recognizing his blessings in our lives. It's recognizing who he is in our lives. And in that, we have this greater sense of comfort. We have this greater sense of, I can trust the Lord in this situation, and in this, I can trust who God is because I've read these stories, I've prayed to him, I let it go to him because I trust who God is. It's because of that intimacy with God, because we understand, here's what God has done, and here's what I'll give to God. I'll give my everything, I'll give my all, I'll give my single being. See, our devotional time is just another way for the Lord to comfort us because as we read the scriptures and as we listen um, to the messages and as we pray, we're just reminded that God listens to us, that God speaks to us, that God, he hears our prayers and he makes them happen. God is so amazing because in our devotional time, he'll speak to us when we don't expect it. He'll speak to us years and weeks beyond when we thought, oh man, I read that scripture last. That just came to my mind because it fits in this situation. See, our God is a God who loves to comfort us. He loves to make sure that he knows that we are, that he is here with us. Father, I just pray that you, um, you love on us, Father. Father, you're so great. You're so wonderful. Thank you for everything you've done for us, Father. 
Father, you truly have um, moved in us. And Father, you do so much for us. Father, I just, um, I pray that you, um, you just bless this time of worship that we're going to have, Father. But ultimately, Father, I pray for any heart who, who sees themselves as a fan, Father, that they can save his prayer. Say, Father, I just, I want to know you. I want to get to experience you in a greater fashion, Father. There's nothing greater than your presence. There's nothing greater than who you are, God. This time that I spend with you in devotion and in prayer and in reading, Father, I pray that you make it meaningful. I pray that this, that this time I went to church, Father, it moved me to be a fan, follower, that it moved me to be a different person from who I am, I pray, Father, that any fan who is in this house, that any fan who listens to this at least can understand what the followers' devotion life looks like. I pray that you moved in what I said, Father. I pray that you help the fans, Father. I pray that you are with us for a week, that you are with the worship. Father, I pray that you um, are just here with us, here in your presence, Father. You are so amazing, Father. It's in your name I say, amen.